Hello, hello. Welcome to Twin Flame Transformation. My name is Michelle and I will be your host and guide. On today's episode, I want to talk about the obsessive thinking that so often accompanies the Twin Flame journey. I want to give you four benefits to redirecting these obsessive thoughts, as well as five tips that I have found to help stop them. And this is a hard one. If it were so easy to do, (laughs) this journey would be a lot easier. I think this is one of the hardest parts of this journey. So I really do think it's worth focusing on redirecting them. And I get it, right? You've fallen in love with your twin flame. And because this love that you feel is often beyond words, and and this uh, relationship doesn't play out in the conventional way or in the way you want it to or expect it to, and all those feelings don't often make sense and can be hard to explain, you obsess about it, right? So what do we do? We try and figure it out. We try and figure them out. We try and figure out the future. We try and figure out a plan. We replay everything they said, what we've said. We try and see where maybe we went wrong or what do they really mean by that? We might even go through all the different scenarios that can happen in the future or we may try and understand why we aren't together right now. We may want to know what all the 1111s mean and all the number sequences we are seeing means, right? We may look at their astrological chart. Oh my God, I get it. The thoughts And the obsessive thoughts can be endless. And this obsessive thinking about our twin flame occupies a huge space in our brains, in our thoughts. But I can tell you this, that when I was finally able to get to a place where I could stop the obsessive thinking, that's when relief set in. That's when I got, it really helped me get to the other side of this journey. Now, it's not easy but it's worth the effort put in to get to the other side. So let's get started. Okay, so the definition of obsession is repeated thoughts, urges, or mental images that cause anxiety. I mean, wow, that's a pretty strong definition. I don't know about you, but I can feel the power of that definition in my body. Yet I have to say that when I went through my obsessive thought phase toward my twin flame, At the time, it didn't feel anxiety-producing for me. I thought the anxiety was not being together. So it's interesting how my mind uh, turned that around, right? My obsessive thoughts, I thought at the time, or maybe I convinced myself, actually made me feel better. That's what I had convinced myself, which I sort of gave myself permission to keep feeling them because I thought they were making me feel better. And in a way, they were, because here's the thing I've since discovered— Having those obsessive thoughts were actually protecting me from feeling the unfeelable and thinking the unthinkable, right? My obsessive thoughts were actually protecting me. So in a way, they were making me feel better, but they were also causing me anxiety because anxiety is often when we have repressed emotions that aren't allowed to be felt. So the obsessive thoughts were protecting me from feeling what I didn't want to feel, right? The unfeelable. So that causes me anxiety because my body wants to feel this stuff and I'm not letting it. So this is multi-layered. My obsessive thoughts were also learned behavior that I've had since childhood, right? They were a very familiar feeling to me. And the twin flame journey just turned the volume up on these thoughts to high, right? Or to super high. (laughs) And here's the other thing. Obsessive thinking is also one of the primary traits of codependency. 
Obsessing about someone else gives us an external place to focus our thoughts. Rather than having to feel the deep loneliness or pain or shame that may be hiding within us. Right? Now, overthinking is also a part of our culture. The majority of us have lost touch with our body and the land. And through the fast electronic developments, we've gotten more in touch with electronics than person-to-person connection or connection to nature. And this overthinking is also a wounded masculine trait, right? Thinking is masculine where feeling is feminine. So what do we do when we don't want to feel? We think. And what do we do when we want to protect ourselves? Right? We overthink. We either catastrophize. We plan for or expect the worst. And are we trying to figure people out so that no one can unexpectedly hurt us? Perhaps we had been hurt when we were younger. I've also found that some people who don't have a lot of trauma can drop out of their thoughts a lot easier. But for those of us who have had a lot of trauma, who have had rough childhoods, or were raised with codependency, it's not that easy to drop out of our thoughts. Believe me, I tried for years. And then you add in the twin flame dynamic to the mix, along with the fact that the twin flame who usually wakes up to this profound connection first is carrying more feminine energy during a time on earth when the wounded feminine is coming out of the shadows to be healed. So all that stuff is coming up. And what you get is a pattern of behavior that is asking to be cleared, healed, and changed. Plain and simple, obsessive behavior is not healthy behavior. However, however, I want to stress this, it is so often and most likely protective behavior. It is often protecting us from feeling what we don't want to feel. And quite often for twin flames, that feeling is the fear of abandonment, our core wound. So we don't want to throw away the parts of us that are protecting us, right? So we don't want to sort of get rid of those obsessive thoughts. We don't want to throw them away. We want to redirect them, right? Those thoughts are there for a reason, but there are ways to work with them and redirect that energy. So some benefits of redirecting your obsessive thoughts are one, you stop pushing your twin flame away, right? Obsessive thoughts are fear-based and fear is the number one reason your twin flame will run. Number two, you create space for your true talents and desires to come through. Obsessive thoughts block your genius. Number three, you're able to manifest more easily and quickly. Unconscious thoughts are one of the biggest blocks to manifesting, right? And our obsessive thoughts are so often unconscious. We're not even aware of how often we're thinking about our twin flame. And number four, you break one of the patterns of codependency and regain your sovereignty and autonomy. I mean, I mean, those are four strong benefits, and I'm sure there's even more because I don't think there's anyone out there who really does want to obsess about their twin flame, but it just felt important to list those and to recognize also that our obsessive thoughts are so often protecting us. Okay, now here are the five tips to redirecting the obsessive thinking. So the first tip, and I think I've mentioned this one before on a podcast, but is to write down how many times a day you think of them. And the reason to do this is to become conscious of these patterns, right? When you make them conscious, then they're not in the unconscious and they're not controlling you. 
when they become conscious, you have much more control over them and can stop them, redirect them. When they're unconscious, right, they're just running rampant. And oftentimes what happens is when we go to write them down, we can be shocked at how often those thoughts are coming up. So I know that tip may sound simple, but one of the challenges as a human being is to become conscious of our thoughts, right? To be conscious 100% of the time so we don't walk around this world just unconsciously going through life out of habit. We want to become conscious so we can change and create new habits and patterns of behavior. Okay, tip number two is to become more embodied. And we start becoming embodied by listening to our body. Now, being embodied is more than just being in our body, right? It's also being in our body with our soul and our mind in coherence. I used to think being embodied just meant like working out, right? <laughs> like doing something with your body. But I have learned like from being a professional dancer and choreographer, I've learned that I could be doing something physical and still be unconscious about it, like driving a car, riding a bike, doing the dishes, right? It's such a habit. It's such a pattern. I can get lost in my thoughts and not even be consciously doing it. So embodied is when we're consciously in our body, our thinking levels are down, and we're connected with source energy. And the best example I can give is like when athletes are in the zone, or an artist is in the creative zone painting, or, or you know, uh, building something, right? We've all touched on that place in our life, that place when we just feel there's just magic coming through us. We're connected to a place higher than our conscious self. We're actually connected through the unconscious, but we're conscious of it. We're conscious of allowing that unconscious part that's connected to imagination and creativity and ideas and source energy. It's being allowed to flow through us. And, you know, dance taught me how to do this because there were times when I was dancing and even now I can still get there. It's like, I feel like I'm being danced rather than I'm dancing, like I'm not doing it. I'm being danced because I'm so out of my head and thoughts and I'm not only deeply embodied, but I've got that connection going to divine source, right? And I, it's like, I let go of my thoughts, but I'm still conscious, right? It's unconscious when we allow our thoughts to just go. But when we're conscious, and we let go of our thoughts, then we connect to the unconscious consciously. And in that, when we can do that, we're so deeply in the present moment, right? That's when I'm fully in flow with life. And being a dancer taught me that it's possible to get out of my head. But now when I was fully obsessing uh, on this twin flame journey, getting to that place was really hard. It, it took me some time to get there. It took me time and practice. And then quite often when I did, I'll share with you, I would break down in tears afterward. And that's when I started to understand and realize that my obsessive thoughts were actually protecting me. But when we do get embodied, it becomes a safe way to let go of the thoughts and a safe way to let the tears out if there is emotion there. Because when you really listen to your body and you're tuned in, you won't go further. Your body won't let you go further than it's safe to go, right? Because when you're fully embodied, you're also conscious. You're present. And so you're paying attention to your body. You're listening to your body and you know that, whoa, this is too much. Let's stop. Let's stop, right? 
But if we become in our body and we're unconsciously doing it, that's when the emotion gets out of control. And that's when it overtakes us. Right? We still want to stay conscious. Our mind is wonderful and powerful and it's there to help us. And when it works in coherence with our body and our soul, right, that's the place where true healing can happen. So find that place for you. How do you get in the zone? How do you get connected in your deep creativity? And it's usually things that connect us to our feminine energy, right? Where we don't need to think, where we can access the right side of our brain, our intuitive side, our imaginative side, creativity, playing in the ocean, dancing, singing, etc. Right? This can also happen. This embodiment can also happen when we're held in a safe space, if we're working with a healer or a therapist. It provides that safe container. But if you want to do it by yourself, you provide that safe container for yourself by calling in your soul, your higher self, taking down your thinking levels, being conscious and being embodied. Okay, tip number three is to develop our spiritual practice. And I would add on to that in a way, develop it in a way that's less doing and more being which meditating for me would be the top choice, right? Practicing going inward in stillness and silence. And you could start with a minute a day. And then rather than meditate to get rid of the thoughts, right? Meditate to observe the thoughts. We don't want to get rid of these protective parts. We just want to practice not attaching to them. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Right? Just observing them. Saying hi. And then letting them go. Not attaching. And this type of practice takes practice, which is why it's called a spiritual practice, right? But this will benefit you greatly in the long run. I really am a huge, huge advocate. I think most spiritual teachers are of meditating, right? Meditating is one of the biggest investments you can make for yourself. Obsessive thoughts are a big thing to get over, right? They quite often start in childhood when we have to notice what mood our parent is in when they get home or... And we start adjusting our behavior for them. We start to focus externally, right? We start to focus on them. How are they behaving? How do I need to adjust, right? And over time, we lose our connection to ourselves, right? And it becomes harder and harder to go inward. These obsessive thoughts protect us from feeling. We weren't allowed at some point in our life to feel. And so we had to protect ourselves. And so remember also our twin flame is the same soul as we are, right? We know this. So any obsession over them is really our own soul really wanting to obsess about ourselves, something that was probably denied us in childhood. Which leads me to tip number four. Turn that obsession inward. Focus on you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Every day do something that nurtures all four of these elements. Okay, and the last tip, tip number five, Heal those inner child wounds. My obsessive thoughts were a pattern of thinking, as I mentioned, that I picked up in childhood to protect me from feeling all the trauma and pain I was going through. 
And I remember, I remember when I was really young, I would sing songs over and over in my head on repeat. And now I know in retrospect, they were protecting me from feeling. But here's what I'm going to share that was a game changer for me. The more I healed my traumas and did my inner child healing, the less my thoughts needed to be there. They disappeared on their own. But when we practice the first four tips that I mentioned, and when we do, so that when we do our healing work, those first four give you a safe container for the deep healing to take place, right? Because those first four tips, you'll develop your consciousness, your embodiment, your spiritual meditation practice, and your internal focus. And all of those provide a safe container for the healing to take place. And then the obsessive thoughts will naturally disappear on their own. I know how hard this can be. I really, really, really do. And I also know that when you get rid of them, it is the ultimate freedom. Ultimate. It is worth it. It is worth, worth, worth it. This is a big journey, right? And it's time for the divine feminine to gain control over her thoughts. And sorry for my use of the pronoun her, right? To gain control over their thoughts. It doesn't matter what gender you are or how you identify. It's just that feminine essence in us that is looking for some healing. And remember, where you are now is not going to last forever, right? This is only a temporary place on the twin flame journey. And obsessive thoughts are usually there for a reason. So work with them, get to know them, get to know why they're there. I hope that has helped. This is such a big topic that, you know, I probably could have opened it up even more. But then it becomes, I think, personal because at a certain level, it branches off into specifics for specific people. Okay, and I also wanted to let you know, I'm only going to do a few more podcasts before I end season one of Twin Flame Transformation. And I'm going to take a break in December and think about what season two will be. I want to start season two in January. So I want to give some time to meditate on what that will be about and what is best for the collective. Okay, doing these podcasts have been an incredible journey for me. And I'm so grateful for all of you for taking this journey with me. It has gone beyond what I even thought it could possibly be when I started. The connections, the people I've met, to hear shared journeys has been incredible. Just a reminder to all of you, you're not alone on this journey. I'm sending you lots of love. Namaste. Namaste.